0: Half the country seems to love you and half the country seems to loathe you. There doesn't seem to be much in between. And I'm sure the numbers are not like that. Maybe it's, you know, 80% one way or 20% the other way, but the volume of the rhetoric on both sides right. is indicative of the kind of figure that you have become. Yeah. And how did how did it happen that a public health official becomes the recipient of so much um, divisiveness?
1: I don't know precisely, but it. I believe it's the fact that the divisiveness, generally throughout the world, but very profoundly in the United States. Anyone who observes what's going on here in the United States realizes that we're living in, a, in an era of profound divisiveness. I was really the person that articulated to the general public, the United States public, and then ultimately the global public, about what was going on and what needed to be done or not. That was fine except that I got caught up in my own country of having to disagree publicly with the President of the United States, which was a painful thing for me to do. You know, the far-right extremists think that I did that for political reasons. I was you know, a Nancy Pelosi plant or something in the White House, which I certainly wasn't. It was very uncomfortable for me, but I had to. I was forced to speak out and say, no, that's not true. It's not going to disappear like magic. Hydroxychloroquine is not the cure-all for this. That I generated, on the one hand, a lot of praise and, and sometimes even over-adulation on the part of people who are looking for some comfort and some Realism and some sober facts about how they can protect themselves. On the other hand, it generated a, an incredible amount of hostility among the extremists. I, I don't like the extremes. It, it is not realistic that donuts are made with my face on them. That you know, candles with my picture on them. Voting. Is the that sexiest. Almost as weird. That's that. That is weird. And that's not positive. <laughs> so I, I'm in a situation where I'm a moderate type of a person and you have the extremes of, of just over the top adulation. And then you have extremes of over the top hate where people actually want to kill me.
0: So becoming a sex symbol in your late 70s.
1: That is not something that I, uh, <laughs> I aspire to. <laughs> that's not one of my aspirations.
0: If somebody had told you when you were graduating from medical school that this is what was going to happen to you? Would you have chosen the same path?
1: You know, when you, Caddy, it, it's a great question and the answer is yes. And I'll tell you why it's yes. Because if you look at the things that I was fortunate enough and privileged enough to have had the opportunity to make contributions in. In fact, as painful as the the stress and the threats and the animosity towards me on the part of some, um, it was worth it. I mean, it was worth being involved from day one of HIV. Then when we're having a COVID outbreak, a historic outbreak, to be the director of the institute that was responsible, again, with the pharmaceutical companies for developing the life-saving vaccines, to me, all of the other baggage, which I wish wasn't there, Mm -hmm. it's worth it to have had the opportunity to do that. I
0: mean, you're not, you know, obviously you mentioned, you mentioned AIDS and the AIDS crisis and, and I guess that's where your, the controversy around you started there with the demonstrations against you and the lack of what was perceived as a lack of research and commitment from the government and those, Even then, people wanted to murder you.
1: Yeah, no, they didn't want to murder me. No,
0: they said you were murdering them.
1: (laughs) But they didn't want to murder me. (laughs) There's a difference. (laughs) Let me explain. I'm glad you brought that up because people often say, you know, they show pictures of the 1980s, the late 80s with demonstrations Fauci, you're killing us. Yeah. And then they show pictures now of Steve Bannon saying, cut his head off, and, you know, uh, DeSantis saying, you know, get rid of him, hang him, or what have you. The difference in those two things are like peanuts and watermelons. difference. And the, and the reason is that with the HIV activists, they're making those kinds of statements against me were attention-getting devices. That is totally different than people who are spreading misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy theories and almost malicious attacking science and scientists. It, it, is, it is beyond apples and oranges. It's completely different.
0: Have you figured out how to puncture the balloon of misinformation? I don't know, how to, how to bring conspiracy theorists or vaccine skeptics over to what you're thinking? Is there, have you, do you think you've gained any insight that would be useful for everybody on that?
1: It's very, very difficult. I'm trying to figure out what the best way is. What kind of commonalities that you have when, when you have people who are of the bent, that are absolutely convinced that the election was stolen, even though you have 30-plus judges, who have, some of which were Trump appointees, who declared that absolutely it was not. It was a valid, well-done election.
0: What about vaccine skeptics? How, how do you talk to a How do you, yeah. is there a way?
1: Well, I, I have think- Have you converted I, anybody? Uh, yeah, I, I have. If you can get people to look at the data and at least have a conversation with you, you can win some of them over. There's nothing wrong with being a far conservative, far right, far left, nothing wrong with that. That makes for a healthy heterogeneous society. But when you use that to make very, very poor decisions when it comes to your health, Is really disturbing. So I don't know how to crack that nut, Caddy. I don't.